and I'm joined now by RNZ Business Editor Giles Beckford. Tēnākwe, Giles. Kira to you, Charlotte. Contact Energy lifted its profits. Well, yes and no, depending which figures you want to take. The bottom line for the company was down nearly a third on a year ago. That reflected a drop in revenue and a large one-off expense. The power company says profit for the year ended June was hit by an onerous contract expense of $84 million, and that meant the net profit after tax was $127 million. But the underlying profit is up 16% to $211 million when the one-off costs are excluded, and operating earnings before tax and one-offs rose 5% to $573 million. Contact's chief executive Mike Fuge says it's a solid financial performance despite soft short-term market conditions. I thought it was a very solid result. The reason that the reported result is down is due to the write-off in the AGS gas facility. The underlying result is up on last year and up on analyst forecasts and both at the beginning of the year and the mid-year. So we're very pleased with the result and what's more important is also very pleased with the progress being made on the renewable projects we're building at this stage. Well, Contact Energy's final dividend will be 21 cents a share, which is unchanged from last year. Well, services sector activities weakened, joining with last week's look at manufacturing, and they're pointing to an economy that's bumping along the bottom. The BNZ Business New Zealand Performance of Services Index fell 1.8% in July to 478 Any reading below 50 indicates the sector is contracting. BNZ senior economist Doug Steele says the level of activity and sales has hit a two-year low. And when you combine it with last week's weak manufacturing survey, it shows the sectors are slowing. Especially the activity sales indicator, which is down now below 40, which is truly awful. And outside of the lockdown periods during COVID, it is the worst sales reading since the survey started back in 2007. And that period includes the global financial crisis. So in terms of sales in July for the services sector, pretty bleak. In combo with the manufacturing survey from last week, it's overall not a good look for GDP. So we're talking about July for these surveys, so that's going into the second half of the year, the third quarter. It raises questions whether GDP grew at all in the third quarter. Obviously, we're still getting through August and September, so some time there for GDP to maybe post a small positive. But I think the bigger picture here is that the economy is under pressure. At best, it's bouncing along the bottom. Well, Doug Steele says the survey indicates employment in the sector is also slowing, suggesting that the recent migration-enabled employment growth is easing. Well, casino operator Sky City Entertainment is preparing for considerable costs associated by alleged breaches of Australia's anti-money laundering rules at its Adelaide Casino. It's written down the value of the Adelaide Casino licence by nearly $50 million, and it set aside a similar amount for possible penalties that may be imposed in civil proceedings brought by the regulators. Alan Zaki has more. The Australian regulators started looking at alleged serious and systemic breaches of the anti-money laundering rules at the Adelaide Casino two years ago as part of a wider crackdown on the industry. The case is yet to be heard, but Sky City is taking the necessary precautions and accounting for potential costs, now to the tune of nearly $100 million. It's put aside $49 million as a best estimate of possible penalties and legal costs associated with the proceedings. 
That roughly matches the estimates by analysts based on the size of penalties imposed on other casino operators hit with similar charges. It's also written down the value of its casino licence by close to $50 million. But that may not be the end of it. South Australia's regulators are also looking into the running of the casino, but have suspended their inquiry until the federal case is completed. Sky City says the charges don't affect its forecast of annual operating earnings of $300 to $310 million for the accounts to be released next week. Leading brokerage and investment firm Forsyth Bar has launched a new investments app, but with a difference, it also gives financial advice. The new service is called Tempo, and it pitches itself against the likes of Sharesies, Hatch and InvestNow, although they are trading or investment platforms only. Tempo's head, Blair Willems, says they're looking to fill what they regard as a clear gap in the online market. We're trying to address some of the key barriers to investing. Um, So from our research, Kiwis often don't know where to start or they don't know what companies to invest in. Tempo asks you a few questions up front to understand uh, what your attitude to risk is um, and then we go through a goal-setting process with you. We understand what it is that you're wanting to save for, how much you're going to contribute, um, and and then we make some recommendations on investments to make based on that information that you've given us. We we think Tempo is quite a different product um, in the sense that it offers you advice both at the start of your investing journey and during that journey. So as you get closer to your goal, we'll make further recommendations for you on how to change your investment mix. That's Blair Willems, head of Tempo. Well, the service is initially being offered to only a selected number of invited investors, but it will be rolled out generally in the near term. People can sign up to to be on a waiting list if they're interested. Investors will pay a management fee for the service and then additional fees for the individual funds in which they are invested. Let's catch up now and see what's happening on financial markets at the start of the week with Michael Grace from Jardin Securities. Kira to you, Michael. Good afternoon, Charles. How are you? I'm well, thank you. More to the point, how are the uh, markets started the week? Uh, the, well, the NZX50 started the week in subdued fashion following the sluggish close to the US markets on Saturday. The 50 is currently down 11 points or 0.1% to 11,825. Of to note of note today, Contact Energy reported its four-year 23 earnings this morning, uh, reporting a solid profit and provided a strong 24 outlook. As a consequence, the stock is up 0.6% to $8.47. Elsewhere, Genesis Energy is up 1.6% to $2.59. Oceania Health is up 1.3% to $0.80. Cents. And Kathmandu Brands, or KMD Brands, sorry, is up 1.1% to $0.90. Cents. Conversely, Investor Property is down 2% to $1.40, and Arvita Group is down 2.4% to $1.23. What's it like in the first 20-odd minutes of trading in Australia? Uh, barely unchanged. The AX6200 has opened the week down 30 points, or 0.4%, to 7,310. Blue Scope Steel is up 2.9% to $20.89. Newcrest Mining is up 1.4% to $26.20. And Woodside Energy is up 1.3% to $38.70. In the red today, Corporate Travel is down 4% to $18.80. And Beach Energy is down 6% to $1.57. What's the uh, currency looking like? 
Uh, well, the Kiwi remains weak given our weak terms of trade and is currently buying 59.82 US cents under that 60 cent mark. Uh, it's buying 92.10 Australian cents, 47.12 British pence, 54.69 Euro cents, 86.69 Japanese yen and 4.32 Chinese yuan. Which leaves us with interest rates, oil and gold. The 90-day bank bill is unchanged at 5.67%. Brent crude is at $86.36 a barrel. And gold is at $1,913 an ounce. Thank you very much. That's Michael Grace from Jardin Securities. Elsewhere on the business agenda this morning, Precinct Properties has formed a joint venture with Nasi Fatoa Orake to invest in the regeneration of the Toangaroa Precinct in Auckland's city centre. The venture comprises two low-rise commercial buildings, around 22,000 square metres in total. Precinct will put in $10 million initially into the project in partnership with a private investment firm, PAG. Together, they'll hold 56% ownership in the venture. Natifatua Orake will hold the remainder and also, of course, retain ownership of the land. And data out from StatsNZ this morning suggests that uh, migration levels at the highest level in more than three years, with a net gain of 86,800 people in the year ended June. It's the biggest gain since May 2020. Gains have been driven by citizens arriving from India, the Philippines, China, South Africa and Fiji. Uh, Stats and Z says the country also had 2.54 million overseas visitors in the year ended June. That's up from 2.23 million a year ago. Australia continues to be the biggest source of overseas visitors, followed by the US and the UK. And time to tell you that the Institute of Economic Research's Shadow Board is recommending the Reserve Bank keep the official cash rate unchanged at 5.5% at this week's meeting. That's on Wednesday. It says the effects of previous rate increases are still flowing through to households, and that should, in due course, help to reduce inflation pressures. News and numbers updated at around half past five in Checkpoint. Look for now, Charlotte. That's business. Kira.